I think we should come up with at some point with like our ranking of uh, Barbie boos. We absolutely need to rank the Barbie love interest at some point. Hello and welcome to Bibble Babes, your podcast for analyzing the Barbie cinematic universe. I'm Gabby. And I'm Catherine. And, and we're, we're your Bibble, Bibble Babes. On today's episode, we're heading way back to where it all began, the 2001 film Barbie in the Nutcracker. Barbie and the Nutcracker was released directly to DVD and VHS in 2001. While not the first Barbie film, it was the first full-length film using computer animation. The film starred the voice acting talent of Carrie Sheridan, who would go on to voice Barbie for over a decade as Barbie, Kirby Moreau as the Nutcracker, and Tim Curry, known for his roles in cult classics like Rocky Horror Picture Show and Clue as the Mouse King. The film is a loose adaptation of the Tchaikovsky Ballet, which in of itself is a loose adaptation of the E.T.A. Hoffman book, Nutcracker and Mouse King. I just... Tim Curry, like, Tim sir. Cur- like, I'm absolutely bizarre. Truly. Honestly, We're here for it, though. Sometimes I feel like Tim Curry pulls his roles out of a hat, and I'm kind of here for it. That's... He's a king. He is. He's the mouse king, actually, in this one. <laughs> 10 out of 10 pun. 10 out of 10 pun. There were two TV specials in the 80s that preceded Barbie and the Nutcracker, but many view this as the start of the Barbie cinematic universe, also known as the BCU. We'll have to watch those someday. Yes. More content. They used motion capture technology to animate the ballet, and they actually used ballerinas from a New York ballet school. For 2001, it's actually some pretty good animation, even though, like, you know, most people would say it doesn't hold up to what we see on the big screen now. It's, like, kind of amazing for the time it came out, particularly when you look at movies from the same period. Yeah, I mean, for a direct-to-DVD and, I guess, VHS movie, you don't expect the quality to be this good, especially in 2001. Like, I was expecting way worse. Like, they actually used some cinematography in the composition for the shots. And they really didn't have to go that hard, but they sure did. And if you look at the other free computer animated movies that came out that year, it was Monsters, Inc., Shrek, and Jimmy Neutron. Um, And I haven't seen Jimmy Neutron, but when you compare it to Monsters, Inc. and Shrek, I mean, yes, it's not as good, but I'd say it's it's close, you know? Like, a solid, like, if they're 100%, this is maybe 65, you know? I was going to give it, like, 75 to 80. Like, considering that that, it didn't even come out on the big screen, like, it's Mm -hmm. some some impressive animation. And I think about the fact that they, you know, recorded ballerinas, and they had, like, a full-on, like symphony orchestra perform the music for this like that's some serious dedication for direct to vhs and dvd and dvd film like oh yeah they really went hard on this one um they didn't have to but they did and the motion capture is honestly really beautiful like they did a good job it's impressive all right, so now we're going to go ahead and get into the summary of the plot of this thing. And so from here on out, there are spoilers if you haven't seen the film, though it's been out for 22 years now. Uh, so, you know. Um, so if you haven't seen it and you want to watch it before we talk about it, uh, go watch it, I guess, and come right on back because we're going to talk. Okay. So like many of the early films, we begin with a frame story, which the Barbie cinematic universe is well known for. And in that frame story, Barbie is helping Kelly learn the Nutcracker Ballet, but Kelly is struggling and wants to give up. But in order to convince her not to give up, Barbie tells the story of the Nutcracker, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the morals don't quite line up, but yeah, we'll we'll see. So basically in the first couple of Barbie movies, there's always a problem presented with 
Barbie's like little sister, Kelly not quite feeling like she's up to par. And so what they end up doing is like Barbie will tell a story to make Kelly feel better. And in the later ones, like the story that kind of follows and makes sense. But one of the things we definitely noticed when rewatching the Nutcracker was the story of the Nutcracker doesn't quite line up with what she's trying to tell Kelly. Yeah, because I think she's trying to tell Kelly, don't give up and, like, persevere. And, like, if you work hard, you'll become better at something. But we don't see that at all in the story she tells her. So, like, there's some hard work, but there's just a bit more of a disconnect than in the later films. There's some disconnect, I'd say, yeah. So, Barbie, who is canonically an actress in these films, she is not just becoming these characters. She's the actress playing these characters. So in this one, she is Clara, who is a young woman who we don't know her age and we don't know when it takes place, just that it's a vaguely historical time. Could be 1911, could be 1582. Who's to say? Who's to say? You really can't tell. Um, And the costumes are no help. It's just generic (laughs) princess Yes, costume Gabby, yes. There's no clues. There's just nothing to go off of. Um... She's setting up for a Christmas party with her family, and then her Aunt Elizabeth, who is an actual queen, shows up for the festivities. Um, Aunt Elizabeth is a worldwide traveler, and she encourages Clara to follow her dreams and travel the world, despite the protests of her uncle, Uncle Dresenmeyer. What a name. Is just gross. What a as name. gross as his name is. Um, Elizabeth then gives Clara a nutcracker, uh, and then... This is interesting for the Barbie films. There's actually a pre-teen boy character, which is something we never see. I'm not going to say never. We might see it in a later film, but it's not something we see. They're either Barbie or children. They're Barbie or children. Um, You get the Barbie doll model or you get the Tommy, you know? There's no in-between for the age groups. Um, But in this one, we see a pre-teen, which is intriguing. Um, Yeah, Tommy breaks that doll, and then Claire has to fix it with a little sling. Um, and then she falls asleep on the couch. They don't show the party, probably because they didn't want to animate that many people. That's I so have to guess. fair. That's so valid of them. Because, like, that's a lot of people to animate. And, like, why bother? If it's not even relevant. If it's direct-to-DVD, why bother? <laughs> Simply why bother? I mean, it's hardly relevant in the ballet itself. So, like, we didn't need it here. So, later that night, the Mouse King, voiced by the incomparable Tim Curry, shows up. <laughs> Tim Curry Stan. You need a shirt that just says Tim Curry Stan. I do. I love Tim Curry and everything he is in. If you tell me Tim Curry is in a movie, I will watch it and I will not care what that film is. I will just enjoy because he is an icon, okay? Yes. And proof that everyone looks amazing in eyeliner. I mean, <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. Just what a man. Tim Curry, everyone. Um, So it's kind of unclear why he shows up, if we're being honest. Like, no explanation is given. Like, why is he bugging this girl? I don't know. Maybe It's weird. I mean, maybe he, like, because he's on the lookout for the Nutcracker, maybe he, like, some intelligence or something told him. I don't know. It's it's very, it's just kind of glossed over. I wouldn't say it's a plot hole, but they just don't really explain it, and you kind of just have to, like... Yeah. And they don't explain how the Nutcracker gets from the magical realm into the real world. (gasps) So true and how he becomes just an inanimate object that's also just glossed over completely we never get an explanation for that it just happens but i think that's a flaw of the ballet and the book too so like i'm shook no you're so right they never discuss it it never it comes up um yeah which once we get to the end you'll see why that's even more of a wait a second plot hole 
yes. situation. Oh, yes. All right. So as the Mouse King comes in with his mouse army, by the way, this part gave me nightmares as a kid. It was so scary. You're so valid to little four-year-old Gabby. I was terrified just sitting there watching the VHS. Um, and the Nutcracker comes to life and they have a massive fight scene, which Clara doesn't notice at first, but she eventually makes up. And our homegirl Clara, I'm not sure why she isn't a little more clever and doesn't just step on the literal mice or something, but she tries to catch the Mouse King in a pot vase situation. She's a little, like, environmentalist queen. She's not going to kill, like, the little mouse if she can put it outside. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But if the mouse has a knife, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. If a mouse had a knife and was wearing, like, a little A lot of her decisions are questionable. It's a little questionable. But he obviously gets annoyed by this and shrinks her down to the size of a mouse, which is conveniently also the size of the Nutcracker, who's the size of a mouse. It's all... The sizing <laughs> is another issue of this movie. We, you know, we just... Don't even worry about it, you know? Don't, worry about don't it. even worry about don't, it. Don't ask too many questions of, of, the, of the world building here, because... Just don't. So, they scare off the Mouse King... And then Clara's like, oh, man, I'm, like, mouse-sized. That's not cool. And the Nutcracker's like, ah, well, you know, life, it's like that sometimes. Um, don't even worry don't even about, worry about it. it. Also, his arm magically gets fixed somewhere. Yeah. He had a broken arm, and that, at some point, just gets fixed. I, I, maybe it's just, like, it was when he was an inanimate object, it was broken, and then when maybe. he came to life, it was just like, boom, like, magically, my arm is better. Maybe, I guess. Uh, like I plot guess hole. Anyway. Plot hole. There's a lot of plot holes in this one. It's okay. Um, we'll give it to him. So there's a wooden owl on a grandfather clock that comes to life and gives Clara a magical necklace and essentially sends her on her hero's quest, saying that if they can find the sugar plum princess, then the spell can be reversed, and then she can use the magical necklace to get back to the human world. Um, magical necklaces are, like, a staple in the VCU. Like, we see a lot of these bad boys. Amen. I, re- I seem to recall having Barbies with shining necklaces. They, like... Oh, and, like, the singing Barbies would be the button to make them sing? Yep. Oh, yeah. yep. Magic necklaces are a VCU staple. There's no explanation about why the grandfather clock comes to life. Just none. So, the magic necklace will return her to the human world whether or not she's human-sized or if she's still mouse-sized. So, like, can you imagine if she just returned and she was still the size of a mouse? I, you know, how would she even explain this? Like, I don't I, know. I mean, I, I suppose that's why she's like, well, I guess I gotta do something about that. Some Thumbelina type stuff. Don't even on. bring up Thumbelina. No. That's cursed. We'll get there, guys. We'll get the Thumbelina. We'll get there eventually. We got some other BCU stuff to watch first. Yeah. So her and the Nutcracker go through the mouse hole, which is a portal to a magical world. Because, you know... Because of course it is. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Um, And from here on out, it's just absolutely bonkers. Like, just insane. Just absolutely crazy. So, they get there, and they're in a frost area. Like, there's snow-type stuff. Um, And there are frost fairies who do a fun little dance. It's pretty cute. Um, And the Nutcracker's kind of a jerk to them. But Barbie is, like, an amazing mouse-sized human being and she's kind to them and she shows them kindness and befriends them she really said i'm going to be that kind person oh yeah so after that no explanation of why they're there it doesn't really matter that much um 
They travel to a gingerbread village, which has been ravaged by the Mouse King's forces. Like, this is, like, a destroyed city that his army has destroyed and presumably killed everyone. Because no one is there except for, like, two little kids. It's... They really gloss over a bunch of stuff in this movie. It's kind of concerning. If you think too much about how these are technically war crimes, um, it can diminish it a bit. But the Mouse just, King definitely has violated the Geneva Convention. The for Mouse sure. King has violated the Geneva Convention. Because <laughs> he is... So we're told that the Mouse King is a tyrannical ruler who has took over the power in the kingdom after the disappearance of the prince taking taking advantage of that power vacuum and getting all the power for himself. And he's just apparently been wrecking havoc on the entire magical kingdom, which has no name. So we're just calling it the magical kingdom. Um, and yeah, but apparently people at first were cool with this because the prince was a jerk who was ignoring the socioeconomic problems of the kingdom. Princes be doing that. What can you say? Because he like, didn't get it because he had a sheltered life. Um, and then the Mouse King took over, and then he was a dictator, you know? Emphasis on the first part of that word. Emphasis on the first part. For our young viewers, close your ears. Um, so, yeah, he's just like, it's so fun. It's kind of hilarious to me that they're like, yeah, the prince was a poo head, so um, now that he's the nutcracker, whatever. And then the mouse comes over, and instead of like, it, had he been like a nice king, the people probably would have just been like, yeah, no, like this is such an improvement, like whatever, forget the nutcracker. But he had to make himself. like a tyrannical dictator and so the people also hated him like had he just been kind like barbie yeah maybe it would have come back to bite him in the butt you know maybe no one would have cared the prince became a nutcracker and they were just like haha he got what's coming to you you know i'll hail the mouse king i'll hail the mouse king oh also everything in this universe is the size of a mouse technically speaking yes we'll get to how this plot hole makes no sense later but once you realize this the ending makes no sense anyway um we'll we'll unpack all of that later so they find two little characters in the gingerbread city that are apparently the only two survivors and it's a kelly and a tommy character who are both cookie themed and they have a horse named marzipan and kelly and tommy i don't know their names in the movie it's not important they're like We can take you to the leaders of the resistance. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's that. It's it's literally that. that. That's what it is. Um, So they take. Okay, um, wait, wait, wait. Let's unpack that for a second. We're going to unpack that? These kids are just like, ha, 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 he, he, in their destroyed village. The resistance then, like, let them out of their sight so that these kids could leave where the resistance is. They went to go find the horse, Marzipan, because they lost Marzipan. So they sent children? Yes. They sent children there to is, go find the horse there in is the war-torn no, country. There is no, like, when you live in a war-torn version of Candyland, uh, <laughs> sometimes it just be like that. There is no moral high ground here. They had to go find Marzipan, okay? Um, Marzipan's a little stupid, but they're a horse, so they can... It's no, and no, by no means the stupidest horse that is in the BCU. Not the stupidest horse in the BCU. There were stupider horses. So... The leaders of the resistance. They are Major Mint and Captain Candy. And here is where we get to the colonialist overtones. It's, I, it's, yeah, 
yeah. well, we can unpack that more as we kind of go over the specific bits of it. But this part, like, we kind of figured some earlier Barbie movies. I mean, there's a bunch of controversies, controversies surrounding the whole, like, brand of Barbie. And so we knew in the older movies there was going to be particularly, like, some weird... Dynamics. Dynamics, some unsavory things happening. But this one, this one caught me off guard. Mm. I had no recollection of... Well, I mean, it's... Uh, probably 20 years since I've seen this movie. But um, I had no recollection of, like, this weird colonial undertone dynamic. Major Mint is literally a British major. Like, he's in the, like, red coat situation. And it's, like, from the era of when they were taking over India. Which Which is important. Which is important because Captain Candy is an Indian man who is dressed in what I'm assuming is Barbie's attempt at traditional Indian clothes and so major mint is captain candy's superior and there's a very strange dynamic there where major mint he's a horrible person to everyone but he's even more of a horrible person to captain candy and really quite abuses him in their relationship um i do wonder how much of this is left over from the book specifically because i think that was written i think et hoffman was british and that would have been around that sort of British colonial time. So that might be a leftover from the book. Unfortunately makes sense. That unfortunately makes sense. I don't remember these characters being in the ballet, but the ballet, I mean... You kind of have to scrap a bunch of stuff when you're reworking something into a ballet. But I mean, it's... I mean... 2001, I suppose if they brought it from the book, there was probably no critical thought over yeah. that kind of dynamic when they were mm-hmm. making the film. And they were just like, yeah, we'll make that book into a film and include this colonialism. Yeah. yeah it's. Mm. Thankfully, there's nothing like overly hateful. Yeah. Nothing that's like overtly racist in any way it just feels it's, wrong. it's just the power dynamic that the they power put dynamic in feels wrong yeah this is also one of the few poc characters that we will see for years yeah. in the bcu like we don't see another person of color for a very long time as far as these movies go yes um and it's a rough start it's not good yeah. but i will say something i appreciated about this film is that they took out some of the more culturally appropriative aspects of the ballet. They took out the Arabian dancers, they took out the Spanish dancers, they took that out, which I very much appreciated because I did not want Barbie to attempt that. And even when you watch the ballet, it's a little uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's it's kind of like, t- is this weird line of like, is it the worst possible thing they could have done? No. Is it good no no gives there is a there is a moment where captain candy does like you know go off on majorman a little bit and it's honestly iconic it is iconic because majorman is awful and we hate him and he should have been the one to fall down the bottomless pit (laughs) um which we'll get to yes we'll get to we'll get to the bottom we'll keep going um yeah so the, the together the four of them continue on their quest um, and yeah, so Captain Candy almost falls into a bottomless pit they're trying to cross on like floating stones. Floating stones? I it's not It's a magical float? kingdom. They're magic. Floating stones. Yeah. Major Mint like elbows him and Captain Candy almost falls to his death. But Clara and uh, the Nutcracker save him and it's all okay. And then Captain Candy goes off on Major Mint, as is deserved because Major Mint is a major 
but we don't like him. Yeah. Yeah. Major Mint should have fallen down the bottomless pit. We did not need this man. He just, he kind of gives, like, that weird dynamic of, like, an older generation who is really disconnected from what is going on around him. Because, like, in the way he treats all of the characters, he kind of just has, like, this attitude of, like, I know stuff. And no one else knows stuff because I am old and wizened. But really, he's just, like, so disconnected that what he thinks he knows is, like... He knows nothing. He knows nothing. He knows nothing. He's out of date. He needs to retire. He does. He needs to fall down the bottomless pit. (laughs) And we don't need to see him again. Um, Okay, so Barbie then puts two and two together and realizes that the prince is the nutcracker. So the prince is the one... gasp! Who would have ever thought? Who would have known? I will say I like the fact that she figured it out herself instead of him having to tell her. Yes. It was like, yeah, you go, Clara. You know what's up. Investigative queen. Yes. Okay. So then a rock monster is sent by the Mouse King. Um, he, You know the, the snow monster in Frozen? It's like that, but like a billion times worse animated. It's just a rock monster. He's clunky. He's this Friday on Disney takes stuff from the BCU. Oh my god. And no one bothers to say anything because it's Disney. Mm, the rock monster. So it chases them around, but Barbie, she befriended those frost fairies and they come in clutch because they come up across the sea, but the frost fairies are there to freeze over the sea, allowing. Never mind the environmental implications of just freezing over the whole ocean. Just don't worry about it. They know, freeze- can they send some of them over here, please? Uh, yeah. Frost fairies, we need you. Global warming's real. Um, so they freeze over the ocean, and they flee across the ocean. Marzipan shows up at some point. It's not clear. They flee across the ocean, and they get to the Sugar Plum Princess's Island. Also, important to mention, in the ballet, it is the Sugar Plum Fairy. There's no explanation as to why they changed it to the Sugar Plum Princess. I'm not sure. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. it's Barbie. But she could have been a fairy. This is, this. I mean, yeah. There were plenty of fairies in this movie. They came a little bit later, if you think about it. Because then you have, like, you know, Rapunzel, Swan Lake, and stuff. Well, we have Frost. Maybe it's just because the fairies here are, like, miniature. That's true. Who's to say? Yeah. They get to the island. And there they see the castle. And... Captain Candy, Major Mint, and the Nutcracker race towards it, and they fling open the doors and go inside, and then, poof, it's a cardboard cutout of a castle, and when I tell you I died laughing, oh my god. I don't, I like, I guess I forgot about it, but, like, it is so wild to me, because, I don't, maybe it was just the quality of the Barbie movie that we watched, but I, I fell for it with them. I yeah, was like, this is absolutely, they're there, it's one, and then, like, the way it fell, I, it got me good. It did. I, it got me. Like, 20 years later. It got me good. Yeah. It was it was pretty funny, to be honest. Because, like, of course, Clara's like, I don't know about this, guys. Maybe we shouldn't race into it. And they're like, nah, nah, nah. It's fine. And then they all get trapped. Because they were stupid. Listen to Clara. Listen to Clara. She is the voice of reason. So, they've been trapped. And the Mouse King, he has an assistant named Pim. Do we want to talk about Pim for a second? Absolutely, we do. Pim is an underrated icon. Pim is a sassy little bat who is such a mood. Pim is probably the most iconic character in the entire film, um, yes. and that includes Barbie. Honestly, yeah. He, I'd, Mouse King, can he really be the most iconic when Tim Curry's there? I kind of, I kind of live for Pim. I, Pim is great. At one point, he says something along the lines of, "I can't do that. I'm too hungry," and that's such a mood. He, 
he is the voice of reason. He is. He's hilarious. He's underrated. Anyway, they're trapped, and Pym takes them to the Mouse King. And now Clara is just chilling out, and she's like, ah, oh, no, all my friends have been captured and taken to the Mouse King. But whatever should I do? Flower fairies show up, and they build her a magical swing. Like a backyard swing, but magical. And they carry her in the swing to the Mouse King's <laughs> castle. They really said, mm, I don't really have any idea how we should get Barbie back to where she needs to be, so... Magical swing set. Yeah, we're just gonna... There's our explanation. I, I died laughing, because it is the most ridiculous type of transportation they could have come up with. Yeah. It's funny. Anyway, she gets to the Mouse King's castle, and all of her friends are there. There's a big battle, Nutcracker bottles the Mouse King, and then the Mouse King tries to cast a spell to shrink the Nutcracker down to what a mouse would be like compared to the Mouse King now, who is the size of a mouse. Mouseception. But like, if there was a smaller mouse who was proportionally the mouse size, that's how small the Nutcracker would get. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the Nutcracker deflects it and it hits the mouse king and he shrinks instead but the nutcracker is fatally wounded in the process <gasps> no will he make it will he be no. saved so it's important at this part to tell you that clara who's of undeterminable age has fallen in love with the nutcracker because of course she has because of course I just hope she's not supposed to be the age she is in the ballet, because that'd be creepy. In the ballet, she's like 10. Oh, okay. That's even worse than I thought it was going to be. I don't know about how old she is in the book, but traditionally in the ballet, she is played by a little girl. Yeah. I really hope she's not the, supposed the to be The romance young. thing really came, like, this is the, that is one critique I definitely do have of the overall plot. That came out of nowhere. It really did. Like, it came out of left field. There was no foundation for that, particularly, like, the amount of dedicated... Like, if you go go on further with our little plot explanation, because the amount of dedicated she is to this man already is kind of insane. It's a little insane. Um, and you will see that soon. It is wild. Anyway, she falls in love with him. And she kisses him. And he transforms back into the prince. Yay! Yay! You know, there are other princes in the BCU who are actually, like, Loki kind of ugly. Um, this one isn't. He's, this one's not. He's, like, a medium. But this one doesn't look half bad. I mean, you know, he's computer animated and looks like he's made of plastic, which, if he's a Ken doll, I mean, sure. Fair enough. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> um, why not? I think we should come up with at some point with, like, our ranking of... Uh, Barbie booze. We absolutely need to rank the Barbie love interest at some point. Um, so after healing the prince with her newfound magical powers... That she somehow knows how to use already. Somehow. She realizes that she was the sugar plum princess all along. Wow! Cool! It, it, okay, sure. And it's their happy ending time. And she's a sugar plum princess... So she should be able to resize herself to human size, except she doesn't, because in this universe, she is human-sized, because everyone's the size of a mouse in this universe. So she never does the resizing pit, because then she'd be a giant in this universe? So she never does it. Well, the, that's the whole thing with like how attached she gets to the prince automatically. Mm-hmm. It, she Doesn't he like propose to her? So after they win, they go and they have a dance moment. And they have a moment. It's great. The ballet is beautiful. They use motion capture for this. It's a, it's really quite beautiful. Don't pay attention to their feet. They are floating, but 
2001. 2001 computer animation. You're going to get some floating feet. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, and Clara, instead of going back to the real world, she decides that she is going to stay in the magical kingdom and rule alongside the Nutcracker Prince, so sh- who she met in the timeline about a day ago. Literally. Like, Literally. They, they have, like, their whole dance moment, and basically, like, the vibe, I mean, I think I pulled the proposed thing out of my, like, he doesn't it, it doesn't, technically, he doesn't technically propose. Propose. but those are the vibes, like, yeah. you know, stay in this kingdom and rule with me, and she's all for it, she's like, heck yeah, she's like, yeah, I'll stay, I, I will forget help. my family, like, I will help prepare this war-torn country with you, Nutcracker Prince, so she's full send gonna do this, but then, the miniature mouse king comes flying in on the back of his sidekick, Pim, steals the locket from her neck. And then he opens it, which sends her back to the real world. However, she never resized herself like she was supposed to. to so technically, she should have been sent back to the real world the size of a mouse. But that's not what happens. She wakes up human-sized. But, like, I feel like it's a, it bugs me. It's a plot hole. The ending of this film, just, there's a lot. The ending is interesting. <sighs> there's just a lot that they don't go over, that they throw in Very later. Random. It just, it. There's a lot happening. They really threw stuff at the wall. Now, here's the weirdest bit. So, in the ballet, it was all a dream, right? Which is, I'm not sure if it's like that in the book. I haven't read the book, but that makes sense, right? Yeah. Except, in the Barbie version, it was real! It was real all along! She wakes up, and she's like, Ah, man, my nutcracker boyfriend is gone, and I'm in the real world! And then, her aunt comes to the door, and her uncle. And who is there with them? It's the prince. And it's not just a guy who looks like the prince, like when Dorothy wakes up from the Wizard of Oz. No, this is the prince. He remembers everything she does. He has the same personality. He is the prince from the magical world. And he followed her to the human world to be with her. He, like, even, like, gives her, like, the, the necklace. The necklace. The magical to prove necklace. that it is really him. Yeah. And she's still in her PJs, by the way. This is her nightgown she's wearing. It just feels weird. That ending is just so they bizarre. Let her get dressed. Like I get like it's as so a little strange. kid, I'd probably been like, "Oh my god, they found True each love. other again." But it's so strange. But like considering the amount of time that they knew each other, yeah, the way that it's just completely glossed over that this is like actually like real, yeah, and like so he, he abandoned had... his people again he did. to come to this lady that he knew his for arc, all the day. His arc was supposed to be about ma- caring about his own kingdom. And he left them to be with her. So now they're in a power vacuum again. He is not a good prince, okay? From a political standpoint, he is awful. Yeah. There's there's much to be desired there. Okay, so he shows up, proves that he's the prince. They do a little dance. Well, she's still in her PJs, by the way. Poor girl doesn't get to change outfits for this. We go back to the frame story. And Kelly has been inspired by Barbie's story to... Be brave like Clara was and learn how to do the nutcracker dance. I'm not sure where th- how bravery would inspire a little girl to try again at dancing, but okay. And then that is the end. Yeah, th- there's just, like, again, there's a big disconnect with... With the frame story. With the, the frame story. Yeah. And it, it's not really apparent because you're like, oh, okay, yeah, bravery, blah, blah, blah. But then you, like, see the later framed Barbie movies and you're yeah, like it makes more sense, this makes you know? a lot more sense and it just kind of puts Nutcracker in this weird context of like what Wait, exactly second. were they trying to get at here what is that 
I will say, I do like the messaging. Like, that. the, the mm-hmm. one thing, you know, I was thinking about these Barbie movies. I was like, okay, like, I do seem to recall the later ones that I remember having some pretty good messaging. But I was like, what are they going to do with the Nutcracker? I do like the theme of, like, I think it's, like, phrased in the first, like, five minutes frame um, as, like, this courage to try. Yeah, And yeah. I really, I really do like that. It just does not make sense with the story of the yeah. Nutcracker, particularly with how that weird wrapped up ending with the romance. It is a good message to have, but the story does not support that message. What would the message of the Nutcracker be? Maybe standing up for your friends, I could see. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Um, not you know, having the... being like a good leader. Mm-hmm. If if the prince had like you know stayed stayed and been a good leader, um, Barbie is a good leader. Like Clara is a good leader. She's kind. She's kind. Kindness is a good thing. Kindness there. is good. They focus on a lot. She's very kind in comparison to the other characters. But bravery does seem a bit odd. Yeah, like oh. she is brave, but like it's not exclusive to Barbie and the Nutcracker. She's brave in like literally every other story. In all of them. Yeah. So it doesn't like wow. She's brave. He's brave. You're so brave, sweetie. Like, yeah, just, it's not, yeah. It doesn't quite follow the way you would hope it would follow. I did see an interview of Tim Curry, though, saying that a large reason he wanted to do this is, I think he said he just wanted little girls to have something to enjoy. And I think the, the guy who, like, ran the ballet, where they got the motion capture from, said he was convinced to do it because he wanted his daughter to be able to watch a movie and see that she could do anything, which I think is really sweet. It is really sweet. The, the whole cute. story of how this movie came to be is mm-hmm. kind of amazing. Like, when you think about the fact that it was probably made, if not totally, mainly to promote Barbie dolls, it's like the sell- sale of Barbie dolls, it's kind of, like, amazing the quality mm-hmm. of what they produced. Of what, what they produced. They I think a lot of the people who got on board for this movie wanted to make something for their daughters or little girls that they knew would really enjoy, which I think is nice, you know? I do. The other thing that I do, that I had written down too, is when it comes to the messaging of the movie, I think one thing that feels a little bit weird to me, particularly through, like, this idea of this, you know, Barbie's particularly, like, meant to be this, like, girl power icon... And the themes of responsibility in this film are very odd. Yeah. There's this whole thing where this aunt is like, you know, follow your dreams. And, um, I mean, she's like, the aunt is an iconic traveling, like, queen. She is a girl boss. She is amazing. And I love that for her. But also, if, like, Clara is meant to be this little girl, like, telling her to just, like, leave and do all these things... I don't know. Like, I don't like both of Like, I don't like... Was it the uncle? The uncle. Yeah, I don't quite like how much responsibility he puts on her shoulders. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't quite think, like, the free-spiritedness of the aunt is really the answer either. Yeah. And it gets really, really weird when you think about the entire plot of this movie is about, you know, we have to fulfill this quest. You know, the prince is like, I have to take back over my kingdom and, like really nitty-gritty themes of responsibility, and then at the end they're just like, mm, yeah, romance. Like, yeah, yeah. They they could have done some more nuanced exploration of that, and mm-hmm. I think they just didn't. No. When you look at this movie with its themes of responsibility versus, say, Princess and the Popper with its themes of responsibility, exactly. it's night and day. Like, this one tried, but it didn't hit the mark. 
And like the messaging around that does seem a little strange. Like follow your dreams, sure, but you still have to take responsibility. Especially the prince. I, I mean, he left his whole kingdom for exactly. her. Exactly. Like, you can't do it's that. It's not dude. like it's not like you know you have to have responsibility because like you know you are responsible for your family or anything. No, it's just like it's so weird that the entire plot of the movie builds up towards this idea of responsibility or like the completion of this quest and then doesn't follow through. Dude, you left your kingdom in a power vacuum for the second time. The Mouse King is just gonna take back over. He will okay? return. He will return. The Mouse King will return. Actually, Tim Curry's voice acting in the BCU will also return. Also, this is a very male-heavy movie for Barbie. Yeah, like, I did notice that. A lot of the other ones, you don't get this many male characters with this much fleshing out as a character and with names. Um, and it's a lot more about sisterhood and female friendship and stuff. But in this one, Barbie doesn't really have... There's Besides no Kelly, there isn't really another... And Kelly is just the frame story. Yeah, there's not really another female character for her to bond with, which... Is something I'd say is missing from this one. Yeah. Does this pass the Bechdel test? Yes, but only because she talks to Kelly in the frame story. And technically she talks to... Uh, yeah, she talks to the aunt. She talks to the Kelly cookie girl about the crumbling of their kingdom. Yeah. So it does technically pass the Bechdel test. But there, are, it's a very male-heavy Barbie movie. Yeah. And we don't see this again, I don't think. It, it becomes gradually, like, more about sisterhood. Oh, yeah. Which I, which I do love. I love. Yes. I mean, granted, this is also their first run at it, so I can't exactly be like... It can't be perfect, you know? You know? I, yeah. For for the first run, as they were trying to figure stuff out, it's not it's not the shabbiest thing. Like, the movie is more cinematic than I expected, which... what Another thing that just completely impressed me, there's no Uncanny Valley. Yes! Yes! It's not like Polar Express, where you're just creeped out. Which, like, I feel like it's hard to get not Uncanny Valley when using mo- motion capture. So yeah. I was impressed by that. I was, I was impressed by the lack of Uncanny Valley. All right, Catherine, before we close out, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rank this one? Oh, um, I'm going to say... I'm going to sit it at about... Like, I, this might sound lowballing. I'm going to say a 4.5. Not because I think it's particularly bad... But just, like, in comparison to some of the stuff that came later, you can just tell that this is probably, you know, one of the lower bars of, like, BCU movies. What about you, Gab Gab? I'm going to give it a four, just for the the colonialist tones. Yeah, that, that definitely... It, it the, would score higher if that wasn't there. Yeah, I'd probably have given it a five or a six if it hadn't yeah. had those undertones, but... Especially because I love ballet, okay? I, I love... No, the ballet part is great, it's but beautiful. again, there's... There's Barbie movies later that do it better. There's Barbie movies later that don't have, like, those undertones. There's Barbie movies later that don't have the weird, like, wrap everything up and put it in a bow ending that doesn't quite fit right with the rest of the film. So, yeah, I'm just going to say this one, four, four and a half. They wanted to make a film for, like, you know, little girls to enjoy, to sell some Barbie dolls, and it worked. And so they were like, you know what? We'll make some more because... Let's sell some more dolls. Let's, you know, build our brand image. This, I think the also, Barbie Cinematic yeah. Universe does a lot for their brand image. Sure does, yeah. So I think they just kept up with it. And thankfully... They get better. They get better. And they put out some bangers. So they we're did. very excited to be going over uh, further movies in the BCU and just some other bits of all things Barbie. Because we're the yeah. Bibble Babes. We're the Bibble Babes! And we'll see you in our next podcast. Where we'll be going over the next movie... 2002's Barbie as Rapunzel. Let's go! See you then. Bibble Babes out!